Welcome to 2024 of Side Retired. We've got all our bold predictions. The crew is back and better than ever. So let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired. It's the whole crew back like we've never left. It's Dylan Campione joined alongside Nico Fernandez, Matt Potter, Henry Kalani, and David Halford. James Taustig not on the call tonight, but will be back with us again tomorrow, as well as Harry Kilman working behind the scenes with Finley Walsh. The boys are here. Welcome to 2024. We hope you had a great holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, whatever you're celebrating. We're excited because it means that baseball season is back. According to Bob Nightingale, pitchers and catchers are reporting in less than six weeks. And of course, the ball is dropped, like Luis Castillo did. So we're going to give our bold predictions for what's going to happen in the 2024 season. But before we get into that, Nico, how you doing? How are the holidays? And welcome back. Yeah, bro, doing right. Uh, birthday soon. So, you know, getting hyped. Nice little like nice treat later in the week. But excited to have some hot takes, bro. Hopefully... I say some crazy stuff that ends up being right, so I look like I actually know stuff about baseball. Absolutely, and of course, you will find all the hot takes, all the graphics, and of course, if we get one of these right, they'll be all over the place on our socials, at Side Retired Pod on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can follow us there, as well as the podcast is on Apple and Spotify. We really appreciate all the hard work and dedication from our listeners in 2023, and looking forward to continuing that streak in 2024. But how we're going to do this episode if you're a loyal listener, you know what we do. We go around Robin. I'll go first. Then Nico, Potter, David, and Henry giving our bold predictions from 1 to 10. So let's get things started. At 1-1, speaking of 1-1, we're going to go to the MLB draft. And that is at 1-1, I think that Wake Forest's own Nick Kurtz is going to be drafted. Obviously, we had Coach Tom Walter on the podcast last year. as one of our highlights. Henry enjoyed that interview. But I'm going to keep it in the family in-house, and their slugger Nick Kurtz is getting drafted 1-1. Everyone raves out the bat, the power, and everything to do with that. So I think Cleveland Guardians going to fit right in. The power hitter that they've needed since Travis Hafner, Nick Kurtz, I think will also have a pretty quick rise to the major leagues, given that he's a pretty established college bat. So fits the team, fits the organization. Nick Kurtz, 1-1, going for the major league draft, as well as for the side-retired bold predictions draft. Nico, the floor is yours. I was going to go with one of mine, but now that you're talking about young guys, I'll, I'll go with my young guys' hot take. I think the 2023 draft, the one that just happened, I think it's going to have two all-stars this year. I think that a lot of guys are going to get called up. I think Nolan Shaniel already got called up. Then I think by mid-April, end of April, I think we're going to see Skeens, Langford, and Dylan Cruz all called up. So that's four guys. I think half of those guys are going to get it. I think Shaniel has the opportunity to be that angels whole team sucks is has a good year and it's that bright spot so that he's able to get picked if like maybe trout gets traded or something like that he can kind of be a bright spot i think dylan cruz has the ability to do the same thing for the nationals i also think skeens is just skeens i think we all know and have seen this stuff all those guys have the potential to have breakout rookie years so i think that we can see any of them be an all-star and the pirates too not a great team for Paul Skeen, so he could easily get the nod. I don't want to say the same thing like for every single team. Obviously, all the teams suck, so. It's true, except for Texas. But yeah, Potter, yeah, welcome back, Potter, and give us your first one. First one, not going to be popular with our uh, L.A. fan base, but Yamamoto does not succeed in MLB. That boy has not seen the bats 
that are in the MLB. I know the Japanese baseball league is great. I know all that, but the Dodgers are like fools. They overpaid. They destroyed their team. Yamamoto does not succeed. Can we get a can we get a number? Is that like exceeding a four ERA or? Um, yeah, sure. If we if we want to put a number on it, we'll say his ERA is four two or above. I like it. Wonderful. David, welcome back and give us your first one because I know you loved making these bold predictions every year. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to actually start off with a team. Of course, you always yeah. expect some teams to do well in yep. the season, but I'm going to go with a team that I think will shock the baseball world after one month having a winning record. I'm going to say the Kansas City Royals after one month but after all the offseason moves that they have made, I think they'll have a winning record after their first month of the regular season. I love it. Interesting. Love it. I like so April will we'll be able to tell early in the season if that's correct or wrong. I like it. Henry, you've got the wraparound here, so two for you. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go with my two relate to sort of to Nico's and and Potter's. My first one is that I don't think we will ever get to see the three-headed monster of Glasnow, Bueller, and Yamamoto healthy at the same time. Um, I think that Glasnow has sort of proven that he's just a little too, at least for this year, he's a little too injury-prone. And I think that, as we've seen with with big Jap- with big Japanese arms that come over, there's some adjustments that have to be made when it comes to just the size of the baseball that the MLB uses. So I think that that's going to sort of prohibit the Dodgers from really getting that that three-headed monster in full force. And for the second one, I've got Mason Wynn winning the NL Rookie of the Year. We've got some – we've got Dylan Cruz. you got Paul Skeens. I've talked at nauseam at this point about how much I love those two guys. I think Mason, Mason Wynn has all the raw tools, so he's going to have to run into a couple balls in order to get there. But if we're going hot takes, I think that he has the ability to do it. It's just about – Will be put in this situation to get enough shine? And also, it also depends on whether Cruz and Skeens will be called up in time in order to be considered for rookie of the year. I like it. He'll also be competing with your boy Yoshinobu Yamamoto that you just said might get injured. So that'll be an interesting rookie of the year race to consider. But David, you're number two. Uh, yes, I'm going to go on the awards path. On the awards path. I'm going to say that the American League... Cy Young will go to Nathan Eovaldi. I like that. That's a nice going off his hot streak in the postseason. I love these. (laughs) Potter, you're second. I'm going to say this is the year that Shohei Otani does not pitch and solidifies himself only as an offensive player and does not pitch for the rest of his MLB career. Oh, that that started off as a not hot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that started off as like a, a not hot take given they got Tommy John a month ago, but not pitching for the rest of his career. I think I think this is the year where he proves that he can rake and they don't and he basically that he's a more valuable asset in the lineup all the time and that he's not going to come back from Tommy John as efficiently as a pitcher. It's a pretty expensive DH. Nico, you got your number two. Yeah, uh, this is the one I was going to go with to start, but I really liked what you went off with, Dylan. Um, I think this is the year we've been kind of talking about it on a couple podcasts. I think the Astros are 
starting to end. And I think it's going to start this year. This will be the beginning of the end. I think they're going to miss the playoffs this year. I think it's going to be very similar to what we saw this year, where it was kind of at the last day. I think they're going to be in it to the end. But I think especially with the Mariners continue, continuing to develop with Brash, with Logan Gilbert, with George Kirby, with Julio Rodriguez, with Cal Raleigh, all these guys I think are going to be able to grow. And if they develop like everyone expects them to develop, they're just going to be a better team than they were last year. And I think instead of Astros being that team that gets in, I think they're going to be that odd team out in that three like horse race. So I think Astros beginning of the end. And once they miss the playoffs here, they're going to be really confused as to where to go next. And it's going to be just a lot of mediocrity for like the next five to 10 years. I like it. And going from one team that we predict will not make the playoffs to one that I think will. And David, you got us started by saying that the Kansas City Royals will have a winning record in April. I think they'll have so in April and May and June and July and August and whatever the rest of the year entails. The Royals are winning the AL Central, guys. It's time. Seth Lugo, Michael Walker join in. Cole Reagans, who's a sneaky Cy Young pick. We got guys such as Bobby Witt, Sal Perez, and MJ Melendez and Vinny Pasquantino in the order. This is a sneaky good team. Their owner, the small market Royals, and I guess that's what we're kind of calling them, the small market Royals, is spending not like a big market owner because I don't expect them to get a $100 million player. Blake Snell is not walking through the door, but 40 mil on Lugo, another 30 mil on Waka, another 20 mil on a random reliever. Plus, they just signed Will Smith, who won the World Series with the Astros and the Braves. And did he win another one? Rangers, he just Rangers. Oh, he was on with the Rangers too. Yeah, exactly. So Will Smith is a good luck charm. They're at least going to win the AL Central weak division. Let's go Royals. I'm upping David's prediction by a ton. Um, David, we'll get to you in a second. Um, I've got my David. Yes. I just want to say about Will Smith, the pitcher. He was a part of the last three World yep. Series champions. Yep. So he could be four in a row. I like it. I'm continuing your prediction of going farther, but for my third prediction, uh, last year we had the Miguel Cabrera farewell tour. The year before that, Albert Pujols. And we know we have these somber ends to careers. And unfortunately, one's going to come a little prematurely. Uh, because I don't think people are thinking that this is this guy's last year of his career, but it is his last year of his contract. And he did have a major injury recently. I think this is Max Scherzer's last year in the majors. I think he hangs him up after this year. Peter. His his contract is up, and he just got the most expensive contract in the history of pitchers at $44 million a year. The Mets are still paying half of that in 2023 or 2024. I think Scherzer, especially coming off of back-to-back injury-plagued years with the Mets, and now he's missing until July of this year, I think he's at that point where he realizes, I'm 40 I've won multiple rings. I've won multiple Cy Youngs. I've thrown a couple no-hitters. I just won another ring with the Rangers. We'll see how the Rangers go in 2024 and how much of a role he plays. But I think if he is a healthy August, September, makes a couple playoff starts or two, I think he could say, you know what? I've done my time in Major League Baseball. I'll have my number retired by probably the Tigers and the Nationals, and he'll waltz to the Hall of Fame as an inaugural member in 2030. I think the math is right on that one. No, no, we're good on that one. But uh, no, I think Max Scherzer is done after 2024 on a great career, nonetheless. Nico, number three. I'll stick with the Rangers. Uh, I'll stick with the Rangers on this one. Um, 
one thing I've been looking at with the free agency is I honestly don't think Hater's going to go to the Rangers. I don't know why. Just as stuff had gone on, I thought it was like a shoe in and made a perfect fit, but that's not going to happen anymore in my mind, just so I can have this hot take. Um, the best closer in the AL West. And maybe he may be the best closer in the AL is going to be a rookie. And I think it's a perfect marriage. Kumar Rocker is going to be the closer for the Rangers. And he's going to be a dog. Interesting. As it works perfectly, let him throw his high intent, high spin for very minimal amounts of time, save that arm, and let his physicality work for an inning. I think his fastball slider can easily be up against any right-handed pitcher in the league right now from a stuff perspective. Is It's just health. And I think the way you get that health is by just having him throw an inning. So Kumar Rocker... Rangers closing pitcher. It's going to happen, and he's going to be a big reason for them in the playoffs. They don't need Hater. Hotter. I, I don't know how hot of a take this is, but I think Adley Rutschman wins AL MVP next year. That's I, hot. I, I, I absolutely love him. I think he got his, you know, he got his, what was this? His, was this his first or second year? Last year was his second year. Okay. So last year was his second year. I think. He's finally got his feet under him. He's he's honestly, I think he has almost a leadership role on on a very good Orioles yep. team. And I think, you know, to be that young, to be a leader, uh, to be producing at the level that he is, I think this is the year where he not only proves that he has it, but that he he's a he's above just, you know, being a fluke. And I think he's gonna he's gonna really build upon the the year or two that he's had in in MLB. David, you're up with your third. Yeah, so you, Dylan, mentioned about Max Scherzer potentially having his last season I did. in the MLB. I'm going to go with a shortstop who potentially could have his last season in the MLB, and that is Talk San Francisco Giants shortstop, Brandon Crawford. I think this is his last season in the MLB. I think the hotter take that lies in there, and Henry, let me know if you agree. That means someone's signing Brandon Crawford for That's the 2024 season. I like it. I mean, interesting. Yeah, no, Henry, you got wrap around. That's a hot take. Um, but yo, I'll stick at the shortstop position. I'm gonna say that um Orlando Arcia has a generational fall off from his all-star year this year and makes the Von Grissom trade look absolutely terrible. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, when I saw when I saw that sale went to the Braves, I was like, Oh, they got a bag of peanuts for him. No, they got a stud young shortstop who was just in the wrong position and wasn't able to thrive. I think that Von Grissom is going to make this trade look terrible for the Braves. And usually we have a lot of trust in their front office, but I think that this is this one's going to really bite them. Um, can, I, can I cut in quickly just yeah. to ask, because we just mentioned star shortstop. Nico is our resident Red Sox fan. Is Story at short, or is Grissom at short, or who goes Story's to at second? Story is at short, Grissom's at second. And like... He's just staring at one of my hot takes, which is just awful. But <laughs> Von Grissom's a stud. Um, it was literally like, it, I love this take because the big thing is Von Grissom, the whole knock on Von Grissom is basically that he had a bad spring training because that's the only reason he wasn't in the league. It was literally just a competition between him and Arcia. He didn't do well in spring. So they're like, we're going to go with Arcia, and Arcia was an all-star. I don't think that that's going to be the status quo for Arcia. And I think that Von Grissom is a stud. I think he was a stud 
in the couple games that he was up in 2021. And I think that in 2022, and I think that just 2023 is a simple thing. If he was kind of didn't have a, a spot and they just wanted team control, a guy hit 333 and like had like a thousand OPS in the freaking minors. Like he's filthy. He's going to be gross. I love this. This is phenomenal. Great. Stuff. I like it. Back to Henry. And I'm drinking the haterade with this one. Um, I'm going to say the race finished last in the AL East. Yes, not the Red Sox. I'm low key. <laughs> I'm low key. Just handing the Red Sox a lot on on a silver platter. I think they don't have any pitching, and I know they just pull pitching out of like from everywhere, and they they just have guys who throw 98 with sick movement. But I think that their lack of pitching depth, especially after the Glasnow trade, Manny Margot was a consistent offensive piece for them. It's sort of just Randy in the trop now, and I think Yandy Diaz. And Yandi, and I, I think that the Rays are going to really struggle this year. I think that they're going to end up probably still winning, probably still with a winning record. Like my they'll probably win like eighty-five games, but I think they're going to end last in the A's. Bad juju happening in Tampa. I think it's a hot take that they lock up fifth place in that division. David, um, so I'm going to add in on a debate that Nico said that the Astros' so-called dynasty. It's, it, it's not a end. so-called dynasty. It's a... I mean, do they? Do you still call them winners? I don't know. Um, I'm going to say that he's right. I think that they are aging. And I'm going to say that at the trade deadline, their third baseman, Alex Bregman, will be involved in a trade deadline blockbuster. I like it. You got, a, you got a name for us on where he's going, or are you just going to throw that into the world? I'm just saying he's getting traded at the deadline. I don't know where, but he just sounds like a name of a third baseman that a team could use at the deadline. When Brett Beatty's hitting 178, the Mets are still somehow relevant. I love this trade, Dobbin. Potter, you're up. I have another, another pitching take. I think Corbin Burns, I, I think I've had this, prediction maybe for the past two or three years. Corbin Burns wins the Cy Young. The Brewers is the second best team in the NL. And this is the year that it all comes together for the Brewers and they contend with the Dodgers for the best team in the NL. Wow. I like that one because I know Burns is a subject to a lot of trade rumors right now. Yeah, no, that's a I guess I guess that's like a like a secondary hot take is that Burns stays on the Brewers as well. No, I like it because I know when we did our initial meeting on what we couldn't say, one of the things I said was nobody say Corbin Burns is getting traded because that's not hot. So Potter, going in the other direction. I kind of like it. Nico, you got it. Let's see where I can go. Okay. Got it. I'll s- I love how like whenever my whole like picking of mine is just dependent <laughs> on like whatever division people pick, like I just find one that works perfect. <laughs> um, I think that I've said this multiple times. I think the central divisions suck. Yeah, I think I think that that's a lot big reason why like people get success there, and I think that's one of the reasons Bellinger was on the was on went to the Cubs. I think that Sonny Gray is going to win a Cy Young, and I think a large majority of it is going to be because he's pitching against the Pirates, the Cubs, the Reds, and the Brewers constantly. I think that Sonny Gray is the epitome of like a spin rate, like just wizard, like the, the way that that guy is able to move the ball. It's like, you're playing, I'm be the show. And I think that we've always seen it with him. It's just a matter of like it clicking. 
And when it clicks, he's dominant. Like we saw like this year, he was dominant. We saw with the Reds, he was able to find some dominance. When he came up in the league first with the A's, he had some dominance. And I think that if he's able to put it together, he can put up some really gaudy numbers in the NL Central because we're not talking about great offensive teams. And he can go and we can be all be looking. And he has the ERA title by half a run. And that <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. I like that one. I think... Uh, I'll stick in the Central Division, but I'll switch over to the American League. And the gears are really turning on this fourth prediction for me. And that was when we had Bob Nightingale on the podcast recently. He said, Nashville slam dunk in a baseball team. And he said, the market's ready. Winter meetings were there recently. It's a good market for baseball. And it's a young, cool, hip, you know, everyone's there, bar town. I then proceeded to think, well, Bob said that they're not going to expand until around 2029, 2030. And congrats to Oakland, you got Vegas. And congrats to Tampa, it looks like you got St. Pete. I then texted a local person from Chicago and said, is anyone in Chicago actually a White Sox fan? The response I got was, quote, absolutely not, never. Quote, I've never met a White Sox fan in my life. And they've lived there for 21 years. Nobody's a White Sox fan. I think, completely honest, we, majority of us here, live in a city where the Mets and the Yankees well, you could probably argue Yankees are more well-known, more popular. Yes. There are, are Mets, Mets fans. Mets fans exist. Mets fans, Mets fans exist, exist, and and exist. Exactly. And there are thorns in the Yankees side. We got Long Island. We got Queens. Manhattan's pretty split. Obviously, the Bronx are the Yankees. Brooklyn's got some weird Dodger fans in it. And Westchester's very Yankee heavy. But Mets fans exist. And like you, you're not going to hear from anyone that there's no Mets fans move the Mets. But when we hear from someone from Chicago that I've never met a White Sox fan. And not that they haven't been looking for White Sox fans. They just literally have not. I think that means it's time to move. And there have been rumblings that the White Sox might want to get out of Chicago and living in the shadow of the Cubs in the south side. Asheville makes sense. MLB, randomly, after having their winter meetings in San Diego and Vegas and Reno and places like that, some reason came east and went to Nashville out of nowhere this year. And asking a couple of people why, no one really knew because it was a weird environment. I think Nashville makes a lot of sense as an expansion franchise, but if we don't want to wait that long, 2024 will be the year that a lot, a lot, a lot of conversation happens about moving a team, whether it's the White Sox or the Orioles or someone like that, to Nashville. And not shaking up the league completely, but definitely changing things up quite a bit. As for my wrap round, to start off round five, I've got, Henry's going to like this one, Juan Soto is a New Yorker for life. I think that contract gets done by the end of the year. 2024 has already been the year of the Juan Soto trade, and it will also be the year of the Juan Soto signing. And this offseason, by this time a year from now, Juan Soto's got his decade-long contract to stay in New York. My wording is exactly as I want my wording to be. No team mentioned. No team mentioned. I don't disagree. But <laughs> I'm not going to say a team because I want this one to be right. So I'll just say that he signed a 10 year extension with New York. And I'll leave it right there. Nico. You realize that even if he does that, he's still 25 and we'll have like five years left. All right. 13 years, 600. <laughs> I, I just put a number on that. 13 years, 600. Yeah. That's yeah. A lot. Okay. Money bags versus how. We'll see what happens. Nico. Um, this one's okay. This one's more about the league in general. And yeah. I've talked with a lot of people about the pitch clock. 
And I've had this same theory about the pitch clock. I know a lot about the pitch clock. Yeah, I know. Dylan. I think the pitch clock is going to result in, I think innings are going to start this year to tick up. I think that we're going to start to see the removal of five and dive guys. And I think that that's because the, the thought process of the pitch clock is causing people to speed up, which is not allowing people to take the same amount of rest that they're able to take. For example, perfect example is Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa is very known for taking a long time in between pitches. Doesn't take a long time in between pitches because there's at the clock and he just gets lit up. Are those co causation? No. Correlated? Yes. I think that we're going to start to see guys who are trying to extend themselves. And because they extend themselves and are trying to reserve energy, they're going to be able to go longer into the innings. I don't know if that's going to cause ERAs to go up. I think it would. But I think as a big aggregate, I think that innings are going to go up. And I think we'll probably see, I checked it. I think we're going to get the first 230 inning pitcher that we've had in almost the last decade. The last one was 2015. So I think we're going to get another 230 inning pitcher this year. And I think it's going to be the start of innings going up. I like it. Potter, the floor is yours. Okay. I think going on my Rushman MVP, I think the Orioles win the World Series next year. I love their energy. I love their fire. I love everything about them. I'm I'm down on the Dodgers. I think I think there's just too much hype, too much whatever surrounding them. And I think in a World Series, Orioles versus Dodgers, Orioles end up winning. I was about to say, you just did a nice hot take on the Brewers. So Rob Manfred would be really happy with a Brewers versus Orioles World Series, but at least you're giving them Dodgers. Dobby. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I know. I, I guess <laughs> it's kind of contradictory to what I said before the Brewers, but um, those, those will be the top. I'm going to go with a team that I think their playoff drought will end with their young yep. talent and their adding back of Andrew McCutcheon. I think this is the year that the Pittsburgh Pirates no, no, do it. Card. Let's go. You got the Pirates no, making the wild Kutch, card? Kutch tore, tore his Achilles. That, he's not going back no, to he, like... Andrew McCutcheon's actually signed and good to go for opening day. Is he? Yes, yeah. I'll back up David on that one. Even with the Achilles? Yeah. Can I don't think it was an Achilles. I think it was like ACL or something like that. But apparently he's claiming he's... I'll stall while Henry quickly Googles this. I'm pretty sure he's good to go for opening day. But... uh. That's a hot take, though, that the, the Pirates are going to beat the Mets. Oh, he, the he had a partial tear in his left Achilles, but he oh, might yeah. be he might be ready to yeah, go. I think when they sign him, they say he should be good to go. But uh, I like the take, David. I don't agree with the take, but I did say to be bold. So uh, be bold and be brave. And, Henry, you've got wraparound for five and six. All right. It's McCutcheon is saying that he wants to play beyond 2024. So okay. what that means, I'm not sure, but that's <laughs> that's what that's what he said. Um, speaking of a possibly future Nashville team, I think that their young stud will not be getting traded. I think Dylan Cease has a huge bounce back year. He didn't do he didn't do much last year, right? He had a ton of walks, and that sort of causes ERA to shoot up. I think he has a huge bounce back year under a two two ERA, and he wins the AL Cy Young. I don't like it. Dobbin, back to you for number six. No, I got, I got one more. I got oh, one wait, more. shoot. Right, right. Henry's got a, and, Henry's got a wrap around. My and, bad, the, and the AL Central, while simultaneously being um, being the most boring division in baseball, 
Give me the Tigers to make the playoffs. How they get in, I'm not sure. Will they win the division? I don't know. It's a weak division. I they very well could. But the Tigers are gonna make the playoffs. My my Royals versus your Tigers. Let's get after it in the greatest division possible. David, you're up. Staying in the American League. I'm gonna go by position on this one. I'm gonna say the most home runs hit by a catcher will be Cal Raleigh of the Seattle Mariners. I like it. I believe he did that in 2023, so they're looking for a repeat in 2024. Potter, the floor is yours. All right. I think this one, this is like a weird one, but I think Steve Cohen, especially so far this offseason, has not really shown the Mets fan base that, you know, this is the year. But I think that the new plans for the city field area are something that Mets fans start to get excited about. And it kind of energizes this this new era in Queens. I know we're also talking about a new era, new era, new era. But I think kind of the new plans for the city field area are uh, something that's going to unite the fan base. That's going to be pretty cool to to see kind of the hype. I know not a lot, nothing's going to be done this year. But I think the idea that city field and flushing is going to be reinvigorated is something that's going to be positive for the fan base this year. I hate to be the guy, but what's the prediction? Oh, the prediction is that. People will be happy. I think. I think. I just think. <laughs> I think people already are very happy with the plans they got revealed. Well, think, we got a I casino. We got bars. Like a, a we more, got a more passionate and optimistic Mets fan base this year than would initially be expected because of kind of how bleak our our look is on the season, having not gotten any big signing so far, and probably nothing big for the future. The Potter's take is Frank the Tank gets banned from Twitter. All right, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> um, the more I looked at it. Tristan Casas has a clear path to being the best first baseman in the American League. I'm not going to say the MLB because there's not a very clear thing there. But all he has to do is do the second half for a whole year, and he will be better than Vladimir Guerrero next year. And that seems like the big competition. I was looking through my top 10, and I noticed that my top five was all National League guys. Tristan Casas, if he's able to replicate what he did in the second half and transition that to a whole year, which I think he has the hit tool to do, we may be sitting around at the end of 2024 and be like, wow, Tristan Casas is a top five first baseman, and he is clearly better than Vladimir Guerrero. I think that in November, the two conversations are going to be Tristan Casas, how high is he on the first baseman list? And is Vladimir Guerrero's 2021 a fluke? I like it. So I think other guys could be Torkelson. A non-concussed Anthony Rizzo, Daniel Lowe could get in there, but uh, a lot of interesting takes, and I actually like that one. I will say, and I can't believe for my number six, that Potter allowed this one to stay out on the market for me. The 2024 Comeback Player of the Year, very obviously, is going to sound the trumpets. It's Edwin Diaz. No doubt about it. When he comes back and posts the 1-2 ERA, 45 saves, nice and easy. Nico's laughing because I think he thinks I forgot about someone, so that better be your next pick. But it's Edwin Diaz by far. Like, all he has to do is do 2022 all over again, and he's got the award sealed. We get Timmy Trumpet back in the building. We get the good vibes going. The Mets have their closer. The Mets need to be good because I think you can't have as much fun with the narco trumpets if the Mets are 75 and 90. But I think with Diaz, if they're a playoff team, you're going to see all the social opening day. 
Not a shell of a doubt. I know everyone's getting upset with MLB for having Yoshinobu Yamamoto post 24-7. I believe we were on a stretch of like 10 of the last 12. But Edwin Diaz's walkout on opening day at City Field, no doubt about it, will be on MLB's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and ours as well. But no doubt about it, there's your comeback player of the year. And the other one, because Henry's saying, how are the Tigers going to be good in 2024? I got your answer. Everyone says that Jackson Holiday is the rookie of the year. It's going to be Colt Keith of the Detroit Tigers. I think he hits 25 bombs this year. Sneaky good in the middle of their order. Will hit right behind Spencer Torkelson. Prospect that not a lot of guys are talking about, but I know Nico knows because he's got a sick card on MLB The Show. So give me Colt Keith, future star, Detroit Tigers, winning the AL rookie of the year. Nico, the floor is yours. Um, yeah. Okay, so it's all 2024. You seem too happy about this one. It's all 2024, so I can technically be right, and he doesn't play in the 2024 season. Okay. I don't see how a year goes by when this all gets thrown by the wayside, because at the end of the day, people are forgetful. And a former Cy Young, who is in the prime of his career, is not on an MLB team. I don't see how 2024 is going to end and Trevor Bauer isn't going to be on an MLB team because here's my thought process. People, again, people forget. At the end of the day, Marcelo Zuna is, still on a, is on a team right now. At the end, Julio Rios will eventually be on a team. People hate to say it. Trevor Bauer is going to go and he's going to shove again in Yokohama, be a dog. And then we're going to get to November and people are going to realize, like, wow, we can get a Cy Young caliber pitcher. And all we have to do is pay him league minimum because he really just wants to play baseball again in the MLB. So I think by the end of 2024, Trevor Bauer's on an MLB staff, on an MLB team. I'll, I'll take that prediction a step further later on. But Potter, the floor is yours to keep going. I think staying in Flushing to nobody's <laughs> surprise. I think Kodai Senga has a breakout year as in conversation for Sion. I think this is the year where Senga toes the rubber and proves that he is more than just an average, two above average pitcher, that he actually has what it takes to be dominant, um, that he's in the conversation for the Scion. David, the floor is yours. I'm going to add on your take, Dylan, of comeback player of the year. Uh, You make a fair point. Edwin Diaz is a good pick, but I'm going to go with another player that also could be a comeback player of the year. He was okay. also out for the whole year. Gavin okay. Lux of the LA Dodgers. I think he's going to win comeback player of the year. I like it in a stacked lineup, although I disagree, but I think solid pick there from you, David. Henry, you've got a wrap round around eight and round nine. Yeah. All right. Or seven and eight. Yeah. Yeah. I got four more. All of them are about teams finishing in different positions. First, <laughs> Mariners, you're winning the AL West. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure how. We we still got a lot of big pitchers on the market. We got a couple big bats. Cody Bellinger, welcome to Seattle? Question mark. I I think that they need they need a couple more signings. But my hottest possible take for the AL West is that the defending champs don't finish first, and the Mariners take the first spot. And for my second one. I've got that the Padres will finish ahead of the Diamondbacks in the NL West. I'm not delusional. 
The Dodgers are going to finish in first in the NL West. But I think the Padres come in second. I think that it was an unfortunate series of events that that happened this year and just the dice never really rolled their way. I think that they will be in a much better position at the end of this year and that the Padres will finish second in the NL West ahead of the Diamondbacks. I like that one. David, the floor is yours for round eight. Um. Yes, I am going to predict that Blake Snell, who is still currently a free agent, correct, will sign with the with the Cubs. I like that solid one. Potter, Flushing Queens is back, as I alluded to with the fan base. The Mets, despite making any big moves in the offseason, are en route to 100 wins plus. <laughs> all righty, laugh at me all you want. Laugh at me all you want. Did you say 102? <laughs> Over 100 wins team this year. <laughs> Next. Uh, okay. Um, I'm between two Miami people. Uh, I'll go with the first one. I'll ride the first one. Uh, the Guardians are known for having a lot of pitching. And I think that one guy has really gone under the radar. Um, beside among starting pitchers, does anyone know who had the best changeup last year? Shane Bieber. Nope, it's not Shane Zach Bieber. Lisak. Nope, not Zach Lisak. I'm just trying to go off the Cleveland thing. Let me introduce you to the second namesake on this team because a couple years ago they had one, Logan Allen. Logan Allen, Miami guy, went to FIU. Had one of the best changes in the league this year, according to like basically every like statistical metric. Has pitched at an elite level at every single time that he's been with the Guardians since he's been in college. He's gonna be have the lowest ERA in the AL Central without a doubt. I think Pablo Lopez is a great pitcher. I think Shane Bieber is gonna stay with the Guardians. Great pitcher. There's a lot. Cole Reagan's great pitcher. We're all gonna be seeing these great pitchers with a lot of hype, and we're gonna go and we're gonna see. Wow, who is Logan Allen? And why the hell does he have the lowest ERA in Yale Central? No one knows his name, so it's very hot. Logan Allen, lowest ERA. I like him. Since you mentioned that, I'll go there now. Uh, speaking of Yale Central pitchers, if you combine 2020 pandemic year that everyone tries to throw out and 2021 numbers, so combining 2020 and 2021, we've got a 2.24 ERA and 28 games started, and 180 innings pitched, and an ERA plus of, let me get this correct, 201. Reminder, that's 201 league average is 100, which means that if you're a 201 ERA plus pitcher, you are not once but double the average pitcher in Major League Baseball, which is an unheralded ERA plus that's only put up by guys like Jacob deGrom. And this man is unsigned. He then proceeded to go to Japan and dominate again, and would have been a nominee for the Sawamura Award had he not gotten injured towards the end of the season. So he's done everything he's needed to do to prove that he is a competent Major League Baseball pitcher. And, you know, it's time for a Major League Baseball team to sign Trevor Bauer. I think we've beat around the bush for a year now, and I think teams were a little skeptical of what happened last year. So he had to go to Japan and dominated. We're now a year out of it. Sign him back. It's time to go. There's a team out there that really needs him. So I'm not going to name the team because it's not one team in particular. It's a lot of teams. 
How many teams, Nico, need a pitcher with a 200 ERA plus? Um, a lot of them. We have a Yankee. We have a Yankee fan on the pod. He's raising his hand. We have a Red Sox fan on the pod. He's raising his hand. We have a Mets fan on the pod. He's raising his hand. A lot of teams need a pitcher. And yes, we're repping the Luba Sports merch right now. But there's a lot of teams that need Trevor Bauer. It's time for him to pitch in the major leagues again. And I think he will, in 2024, throw a pitch in the major leagues as a starting pitcher, back and better than ever, with a vengeance, being a finalist for the top five in the NL Cy Young this year, nationally, Cy Young. And for my wraparound pick, Henry's going to like this one. Anthony Volpe stealing 40 bases this year. You got me on a little kick in our top 10 shortstops episode. He stole 24 last year, so he's going to double that total. And I did look into it. He stopped stealing bases out in the second half. I don't know what happened. That's what like, I said. I think he, I think when Sean Casey took over, they like they had a much more approach based thing. They didn't want him worrying about having to steal. They just wanted him to focus on it, and it didn't work. Didn't work. Hey, he went yard against Miami when I went to the game, so it worked for me. I I don't. I just think his game is hit the ball on the ground and run. And not to repeat our shortstops episode, if you haven't listened to it yet. Go back, it's an episode behind this one. His game is stolen bases. We saw it on opening day. He electrified the fan base with a steal on opening day in the Bronx. Everyone's like, oh my God, we got the next cheater. Is he Derek Jeter? No. Aaron Judge is the next Derek Jeter, and everyone will admit that. But Volpe is a very good Bernie Williams for a core. He's a very good future of the franchise, going to be there for the next 10 to 15 years as a solid piece, hopefully win a ring or two, I guess. But he can steal 40 bases. Last year in the minors, or his last year in the minors, which was 2022, he stole 48 bases. So it's in there. So give me Anthony Volpe, 40 steals, doubling his total from 2022. And Nico, you have two picks left, so give us one of them. All right. Okay. I'll go with my other Miami guy. There we go. Okay. We've talked a lot about the Royals and how they're going to be good. And other signings, I think, are valid. And we know what Bobby Witt is. Mm-hmm. A big reason, and I think the big question as to how successful the Royals are is going to be with a lefty bat. And that lefty bat's not Vinny Pasquantino. That lefty bat's going to be MJ Melendez. Yeah, MJ it is. will win the Silver Slugger for left field this year. I like it. But he absolutely, I'm big on guys producing in the second half, young guys and making adjustments, because I think it's showing that they're able to grow offensively. 850 OPS in the second half, doubled his home run total, is an absolute weapon offensively when he's right. He has a two, he has, it's not 2000, it's like 1800. He has an 1800 OPS against the Red Sox. Am I biased? Because I see all those games and I see him go yard and I'm like, wow, this guy should just sign in Fenway and play for us because he's obviously good in Fenway. Yes. But I think if, again, I'm big on people replicating what they do in the second half for a whole year. If he does that for 162, I think that he's the reason that the Royals make the playoffs and he's the silver slugger at left field. Royals Hale Central, get it done. Potter, back to you. I think on his route to solidifying why he is the greatest baseball player of all time, Mike Trout, it's over 50 home runs this year. How a healthy Mike Trout is good for baseball. David. For my next pick, I'm actually going to go with – a, with a high amount for this one. 
I'm going to say that the most runs by a single team that will be score in a regular season game will be 23. I'd love, you know what? I'm going to make you do it. Give us the date it occurs. Give us the date of that? Yep. Give us the date. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say that comes on June 4th. All right. That is, that is in my calendar for June 4th. Dude, a team is going 23 you know, runs. If that happens, you understand how famous. 23. 23 runs by a team on June 4th. Henry, I don't think you can top that. But you've got your final two predictions here to round up your top 10. Yeah, it's not a 100 win prediction. I think that the Mets are, are going to outperform um, people's expectations for them. They're going to win 85 games and fall short of the playoffs. That's not so, exceeding so, expectations. You think you think that this that you expect to win 85 games? Yes. Dylan, you're delusional. Sternsy isn't done. Okay. We believe in Steve. Okay. I mean, when Jordan we've been Montgomery believing, walks we've been through that door next week. We've been believing in Steve for a while now. Um, and my my final one, I I still think that Marcus Stroman is destined to end up here, and I like the encore they have. I had the Reds at the very least compete for the division and will make the playoffs, make a substantial playoff run. I like it. I thought when you were saying here, I thought you meant New York, which would have been no. fun to have Mark no. Stone in New York. But uh, I don't think he wants that, nor do the New York teams. But I love the Reds pick. David, we've come to your final prediction of the night. And I'm this honestly one might ecstatic be for it. the most nuts of them all, as more <laughs> nuts than number nine. But okay. I'm also going to pick a date for this one after I make the the prediction. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that the highest scoring game in the regular season will combine for 43 runs, 10 home runs with five home runs per team. And that day will be, let's make it July 4th. Oh, some fireworks hey. on July 4th. I love it. I am trying to someone do math is right scoring, now. Someone is some two teams will making a July 4th blowout. And how many runs was that? 43 runs combined. So I'm trying to think how one of those teams doesn't score the 23 on June 4th. But... Walk off bomb. Oh. All right. We have a 22 to 21 extra inning game on July 4th. David, congratulations on becoming viral and famous, but Potter, round us out with something fun. Hey, you're rooting against the guy. Dylan, this might make you cry. Jacob deGrom, when he comes back this year, does not perform. Career's over. Surgery tanks his career. Jacob deGrom's done. It's sad. It's tragic. My childhood hero. Your childhood hero. Every New York Mets fan's childhood hero. His career's over. Are we de- are we defining done as like doesn't throw a pitch or like he comes Dunn back and is a seven? Sucks. It's like that's the that's the weird thing about Degrom. I can't see a world where he's not effective. I can clearly see a world where he doesn't throw another pitch again in Major League Baseball. But I think when Jacob Degrom steps on the mound, the worst performance you're going to get out of him is six innings, two runs. Like, I can't see, like, no one hits his 102-mile-an-hour fastball with a 95-mile-an-hour slider. It's just, you can't do that for more than 10 starts in a year. 
Well, that's just me. New UCL, and then we'll talk. <laughs> Nico, your last prediction. Since Potter was supposed to do one fun, and obviously didn't. <laughs> fun. Um, in twenty twenty four, Frank the Tank, newly blocked by Steve Cohen, <laughs> will take a picture and meet Steve Cohen, and will get blasted on Barstool and all of Twitter. And I'm gonna be waiting for it. it's gonna happen in like October because the Mets are gonna make a run. I have a feeling, and it's gonna be like bygones be bygones. And Frank the Tank will take a picture with Steve Cohen, and the world will break. I like that everyone on this show is basically saying that the nice little New York Mets are going to have a run this year. But I'm only saying it so that Frank the Tank takes a picture with Steve Cohen. I don't actually believe it. I just want Frank the Tank to take the picture. <laughs> so, so there's one franchise that has been been through it all the last couple of years. And when I talked about the relocation of the Nashville White Sox, and we'll come up with a name for them at a later day. But the Oakland days, I think if you were to ask me what's the most memorable moment in Oakland A's franchise, people probably think of Scott Hatterberg and Moneyball, which, again, great movie, but not real. Um, the moment did happen, but it wasn't as magical as Moneyball makes it seem to be. They're going to have a magical moment. It will take place on September 25th. It will be the penultimate game at the Oakland Coliseum. And because the problem is their last game takes place at 1230 matinee, which isn't prime for having a moment. So I'm going to say they're last under the lights in the Oakland Coliseum because what people don't realize is that the A's don't move into their new Vegas arena until 2028. And they're likely going to be homeless from 2025 to 2027, playing games at Oracle in San Francisco at their AAA. They're in talks to play at a couple of college stadiums like UCLA. So they're going to be all over the place. But this is their last year in the Coliseum. And I think there's going to be a moment on that September 25th night. Brent Rooker's hitting a walk-off. The A's are going to have that Moneyball-esque, but real life, closing out the Coliseum. There's going to be the sell the team chance. There's going to be stay in Oakland chance. And the Oakland A's will have their moment September 25th, walking it off with Brent Rooker in the final night game at the Oakland Coliseum. And then later that year, they'll demolish the entire stadium. But we don't have to get into that part. But that does indeed wrap up our top 10 predictions for the 2024 year. Be on the lookout. Coming up soon, we'll be doing a Hall of Fame prediction style episode. We'll also be doing our full MVP Cy Young on opening day. Tune along to hear James and Harry's top 10 predictions as well on all the social medias at Side Retired Pod on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. All the fun coming up in 2024. Boys, episode number one is in the books and a lot more coming. So unless anyone else has anything to say, shaking, nodding heads per usual. So for Dylan, Nico, Potter, Henry, and David, until the next time, side is retired.